Amen. So our time has slipped, but I'm just going to share two points with you today. Uh, and then actually uh, pull up something towards the end that I thought was very interesting in our series, More of You, God. More of You, God. This is the third week, and we're still going to get into the benefits here, part two. But let me just quickly go through some verses and jump right into to what we uh, want to get to today. One of our texts has been Ephesians 2.22, in, and in him, Jesus, you two are being built together to become a dwelling, a habitation in which God lives by his spirit. And so we talked about that, and then we also talked about Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. This verse talks about we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip or run out, or we use the word forgetfulness, forgetfulness. How many know that forgetfulness is a common, but it is a deadly spiritual disease? Can I get an Amen. We can forget. How many remember what you ate last Wednesday? <laughs> Some of you still feel what you just ate last Wednesday, but we forget. We forget. It's just part of it. You know, and I think about when the Hebrews, when Moses delivered them uh, and from the plagues from Egypt, you know, they get into the promised land, they sing a song, and then they forget. They forget, you know what, we don't have any water here, and, and, and they're bitter, and, and, and you know, we don't have any meat, and they forget about God's goodness and provision, and he gives them manner. And, and so forgetfulness is a great enemy to a joyful, faithful Christian life. So one of the tactics that the enemy wants to do is to make you forget, watch this, when God has moved in your life. How many of you the Lord has moved in the past in your life? Pretty much most of you. Some of you are kind of still hanging on, wondering, God, when are you going to move? But we forget. And the enemy wants you to forget all that in the midst of their difficult situation and have you question God. How many with me say amen? It's true. Are you out here this morning? Amen. amen. And so <clears throat> the more, let me just say this, the more God wants to use you, the more likely you'll be tempted to quit. That's why we need to be encouraged to stay the course. And that speaks to me that statement right there. And so sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness, staying right where you're planted. Uh, that that's, can be a very frustrating thing for people that like to see change. As myself. I like forward motion. Can I get an amen? I'm not kind of a maintainer. I need to see things happening. When they're not, I'm pretty frustrated. And so uh, God's been dealing me with that for over the years. And so we said last week that the Holy Spirit alone has the a power and the ability and the means to change your life. We said it's the Holy Spirit's job to produce Christ-like character in our lives, but here's the thing, we must desire that. We need to have a desire and, and a passion for that, to seek his assignment is a word that we've been using lately here in the last few weeks, his assignment for our lives. And we said this, that we cannot reproduce the character of Jesus on our own strength and by our own strength. How many know what that means right there? That's an obvious statement, but a lot of times we need to be reminded of that, that we think we can become and change what God wants us in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we just say that this morning? Say the power, power. of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some force, you know, like in Star Wars or something like that, you know, and good and bad and evil, you know, and, and I'm a Star Wars fan. But, but you know, the, the Holy Spirit is a person. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And if a church, like this church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that, that uh, uh, the beauty of spiritual language, it is part, I believe, of God's arsenal in his weapons against the enemy that we should utilize that. And one thing as pastors, if you believe it, you should teach it. Now, if you don't believe it, don't teach it. But if you do believe it, you should teach it. So I will always be committed to sharing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's part of this series here. More of you, God. More of you, God. And so we see that the Apostle Paul, he wrote a lot. He spoke a lot about the subject of speaking in other tongues. And, and actually, he practiced it. What does he say here in 1 Corinthians 14? He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Sounds like he's boasting. I know it. But there was a reason. Uh, he wasn't under undermining tongues. And in verse 22, he talks about how tongues is a sign to unbelievers. But, but the reason he says this is that, that, that just, a, just a brief history here, is that the believers, they were exalting the gift of tongues, watch this, to the exclusion of other gifts. They received this blessing. They received this in the early church, and they practiced it, and everyone's praying in tongues, but they excluded a lot of the other gifts. And so He's, he's saying the gift of tongues is important. He goes, I pray in tongues. But, you know, compared to when he talks about prophesying, which is right now preaching and teaching the word. If I got up here and I started and said, welcome to Church for the Harvest. And I just started praying my private prayer language. You go walk out of here go, that guy's nuts. That's what the scripture's talking about. So he said, I'd rather say, you know, a, a few, you know, words that people can understand than 10,000 words in the tongue nobody understands. So it talks about the place for it. Amen? Not that, that it's not improper to not corporately at times that we can worship God. We'll get to that in a moment. And so, so, uh, so he wasn't, you know, downing that. He was just put in its proper perspective. And some, when they receive the gift, they elevate it, you know, uh, to the exclusion of others. That's what he was addressing. And so we talked about this, that the Holy Spirit wasn't just, isn't there just for a power experience. We said that he's the spirit of truth, amen? John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. How many of you know we need the truth today? All right, we need the truth today. And many of you uh, have heard of our beloved pastor and teacher, Jack Hayford. How many have heard of Jack Hayford? A brilliant man, brilliant man, spirit-filled man. I wrote over hundreds of songs of worship and just a tremendous man of God. He said, the blessing and the phenomenon of spiritual language commonly joins being filled with the Spirit. He said, it's been asked if a person is truly filled with the Spirit if they don't speak with tongues. He goes on to say, there are scriptures in the Bible that either side could argue. He says, but I don't think, watch this, it's supposed to be a point of argument. Watch this now. He says, neither do I believe it ought to be a point of passivity. And I just thought, hmm, what do we mean by passivity? It means accepting without active response. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Accepting without active response. And then you can hear this and go, hmm, that's interesting. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Probably nothing. You're being passive. You're being passive. Can I get an amen? And so, and so God does not want us to be passive. You know, if you're, a, 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 you know, a dogmatic and you don't see it, well, God bless you. I want everything God has for me in this life. Let me say that again. I want everything God has for me in this life. I want everything God has for you in your life. And so I want to be a guy that stands with the Lord and says, you know what? You didn't talk about this. Why? Well, I was afraid. I was afraid what the community was going to say. 
I was afraid that maybe, you know, the waves of people who didn't maybe believe that and thought maybe we were weird or whatever. And no, I, I, I'm not going to be that guy in heaven. Amen? Amen? I'm just saying the way it is. Amen. And so, and so it's not something of passivity. So this teaching has helped us uh, to see the blessings are available through daily appropriating the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, I just got two points here very quickly. Number one, some of the benefits, and there's numerous benefits of praying in the Spirit. And uh, if you're inquiring and you're intrigued, uh, I've, I've heard some feedback that people are, that, that they're, they're interested, and they actually been talking about this, and they wanted to know more about the baptism, and, and anyhow, and they showed up. So praise God, we seem to be in, in, in sync with the Spirit. But Spirit expression, what do you mean by that? When we talk about being filled, the Word of God teaches, watches, that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the early disciples, that they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance or expression. And so, you've heard this before, and some of you, may be, this may be new, but speaking in tongues, watch this, is the initial sign or the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says this. It says, in they, somebody shall they, that was more than just the 12, the 120 that were in the upper room. It says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And let me just say this right at the beginning. I believe this expression of the Spirit of God is for every Christian. Amen. It isn't for just those that, you know, is there, a, is there a gift of tongues and interpretation? Yes, we're not talking about that. Paul intermingles that in his discussion, but we're talking about the private prayer language that is for every believer, I believe. So it's not for just some super spiritual people. It's not for those that are just hyper whatever. It's not for those that are like high, high personalities and whoo. You know, they're life of the party people. So, oh, that you automatically get tongues. The rest of you conservative, melancholic personalities, that's not for you. And no, for everybody. He says, this promise is for you and for your children and those that are far off. That was 2,000 years ago. That's us today. Amen? That's for us today. So just throwing that out there. And so, well, Pastor, I feel foolish. Pastor, I feel embarrassed. You know, even at times feel stupid. You know, this whole tongue thing. I feel uncomfortable with tongues. Why? Well, I heard this quote, and I thought, I, I'm going I'm to say this. Maybe, I'm going to say this slow, so if you want to write this down. Maybe your best decision is the next one that will help you be the person God created you to be. And if that decision is desiring more of what God has for you, that's the best decision you can make today. You're going to have to watch the video after that because I'm not going to repeat it. Isn't that good? God has something for each and every one of us, and, and it's usually a decision, a decision. And still, some think, you know, why do something first without feeling or seeing? And I kind of relate to, and one person says, I kind of relate to Thomas, you know, unless I see him and I stick my fingers in his hands and his side, and I'm not going to believe. You know, there are a lot of Thomas Christians today. Oh, you believe, but you believe as far as you can see. How many know that's not what faith is? Faith is totally opposite of that. And we'll get to Thomas here in a minute, but maybe, maybe faith is seeing and, and believing, excuse me, without first seeing. I mean, if you think about it, if you ask Abraham and Sarah, when you get to heaven in Genesis 12, God said, I want you to leave everything. So Abraham and Sarah leave everything dear to them that was close to them, watch this, on alone, on a word from God. That's it. 
a promise. They left their comfort zone. They left their family. I want this to sink in. They left their hometown, their city where people knew them, and they'd say hi and wave to them. Oh, that's so-and-so. That's so. They left all of that. Their religion, they were moon worshipers, okay? They left all of that to follow God's promise. When I think about that on a smaller scale, my wife and I were first married. We were in Boston. And many of you heard stories about that. But, but on the call to come out to Minnesota, I left all of that. I left that. You know, I don't know about you, but if you haven't been involved with the Italian community, how many of they can be crazy? But there's something about where they, you know, they may, you know, can't stand them one day and the next day they show up, hey, what's up? High five, how you doing? And just have a good meal or some pasta or something and then everything's settled, you know, with some good sauce. And I left all that. I left all the good restaurants. Come on, somebody. I left all the Greek restaurants that were really good with the Peter, you know, pocket with the, uh, uh, the Greek salads with the black olives. Some of you are getting really hungry right now. I left all of that. Nice, good, exciting. Christo's, the Italian restaurant with the steak, with the nice mashed potatoes and the green peas. And, and we'd walk in and he would knew the name of my dad and they would seat us in, a, in the gold room because there was four rooms. I left all of that to come to Minnesota on a, on a word. I'm sure glad I did, amen? Because <laughs> the restaurant's closed by now out there. <laughs> amen! So what am I trying to say? That sometimes to step, watch this, sometimes to step towards your assignment, you might have to step away from your security and your comfort zone. Amen, Pastor Mike. Sometimes. Faith in God's promise to them, and so they left just on a word alone. This is talking about Abraham and Sarah. They had faith in God's promise. I heard this, this statement. It says, we are not changed by the promises we make to God. We are changed by believing the promises God makes to us. Amen? You know, I think about it. You know, what is it? What is it? You know, what, what did they do? Ask Abraham, Sarah. What about Noah? Noah, how many know he believed without first seeing, right? When he, on God's word alone, started to build an ark in the desert. He didn't do it on the ocean because there wasn't one. It was just pockets. The earth was, you know. So on the word alone in the desert where there never was rain that came down. It said the Bible said a dew would come up. So they never experienced it. And they say, history tells us it was between 75 to 120 years. But 75 years. How many know that's beyond illogical? If you'd have driven by in your car and you look by and you go, there is that nut job Noah. He is out there building on his farm a big boat and we don't even know what it's for. How many know they thought he was crazy? But he was doing something based on a word from God without first seeing it. Oh, I hope this is sinking in. Amen? Seems foolish. <clears throat> Ask Moses and the children of Israel, we talked about this. We're backed up against the sea. And Pharaoh's army was ready to, to slay them. Stretch forth your staff. Split the sea. How I many you know foolish leadership, Moses? You don't lead the people with your back against the sea between mountainous ranges where you can't escape. He did it on a word from God. I think of David as a teenage shepherd boy. He runs towards a giant 
named Goliath with his slingshot and five smooth stones. I actually had the opportunity to be in the, uh, the actual stream right in the area where the two armies were fought, Israel and the Philistines, and Israel went down to a stream, which is a riverbed that was dry, and they said, the, the, the missionary that was there, and he said, go pick five smooth stones. I couldn't find five smooth stones, but I found something. It was pretty interesting seeing the two hills, and that's where the battle took place. It was amazing. But I look about that, how foolish, how foolish to do something like that. I think of Queen Esther. She went to before the king without first being summoned, which actually meant a death sentence. If you went before the king and he didn't summon you first, he could have had you slayed right there. So her life was in danger, but she did it. She acted. How foolish, how reckless Esther you could be to do something like that. And so, so here's a word to the Thomas Christians out there that actually this is a word Jesus says to the Thomas believers. You ready? Watch this. You believe, Jesus speaks to Thomas, and he says, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed. Come on, somebody shout blessed. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I haven't seen the Lord physically, but I believe. Come on, do you believe? Jesus says you are blessed. That is you. Jesus is speaking to you today. Let me just break it down to you. Blessed are those who continue to step out in faith and believe God, who don't have it all laid out again and again. Blessed are those who don't see Jesus but still follow Jesus. Blessed are those today who lead their families through a global pandemic, through wars, through economic crisis, through riots, through hatred, through chaos and uncertainty. Blessed are those who still serve and give and still love us. Blessed are those who choose to resist sin and live for God. Blessed are you, harvest you haven't seen. That's what he's saying. Amen. How many know God didn't call us to an easy life, but he called us to a faithful life? Amen. Amen. And faith is stepping out at times, receiving all that God has for us. Okay, quickly, my second point, and then I want to show you a slide here. There's more we'll get into, Lord willing, next week. Spiritual edification. We talk about benefits. Are you getting all this here this morning? Are you taking this in? Paul encouraged the Corinthian Christians to continue the practice of speaking with other tongues in their worship to God. So he encouraged them to continue in that. He encouraged them to speak in, their, in, speak in tongues, excuse me, in their individual prayer life as a means of what? Spiritual edification or building up. Notice this, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. What does it say? Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies. Somebody shout edify. Edify. It means to strengthen personally. How many of you need to be strengthened personally? I don't know about you, I do. Just turn on the news and you're going to really need to be strengthened personally, spiritually, physically, everything, even my mind. When you see what's going on, you need that. Strengthen personally. It means if you pray in tongues, it builds themselves up. It will help them grow spiritually, is what it means, some translation. How, who would not want this? Who, I don't understand. Who would, I don't know. See, this, this teaching is for us as believers who has let this slip. Come on. And you know, that we kind of went away with it because we've been busy with life and we just have let this slip. But you've been filled. And for those of you that are inquiring, you're honestly inquiring and wondering, you know, is, is this for me? And God says, Yes. So edifies, you know, globally, hundreds of millions of believers uh, uh, that are throughout the world, they pray in tongues. Every nation that I have been in, every nation I've been in, I have met spirit-filled believers, every nation, 
every nation across the globe, there is a group there, I see them, and they're filled with the Spirit. And I could be in a prayer meeting here at church, and then I go to a, a place uh, in Ukraine, and I show up, and there's a passionate prayer meeting with believers that are filled with the Spirit. It's not just in one area. It is globally, globally. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Watch this, almost done. It says, for if I pray in tongues, watch this, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. There's the trip up for many people right there. They lose it, because I don't know. Because anything I do, my mind always has to be engaged. God doesn't want us to, you know, to be foolish, stick our head in the sand. I'm going to get to something here in a moment when I show you how powerful praying in tongues is from a medical standpoint. And so, but what then shall I do? Paul says, he says, I will. Somebody shout, I will. That's one time he says, I will. I will pray with my spirit, but I will. Someone shout, I will. I will. Second time, I will also pray with my mind. I will sing three times. I will with my spirit, but I will also sing with mine. Four times he says, I will. Who is in control here? You are. Okay, so you have the ability, God has graced you to say when you want to and you desire to, you can pray in the Spirit or you can sing in the Spirit. You can worship in the Spirit, in tongues, or you could not. You can pray just and sing with a natural song and worship to God. So God puts it, it isn't something he takes over you, you know, and you feel like, you, you know, something Hollywood's created. Oh man, he's freaking out. He in the Spirit now. And Listen, I've been in churches like that and they are bizarre, but they are funny. I'll tell you that. I've been in so, anyhow, but, but you can't label that, that that's everything for everyone. Come on, amen? How many know there are people that are professing Christians, but they don't act it? Does that mean that all Christians are that way? No. Moving right along. Preach, Pastor Mike. You know, the Amplified Bible says this. Uh, it says it like this. He says, he says the Amplified, 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 excuse me, Bible reads, my spirit, starting to pray in tongues right now, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. It's what it's saying. So we know that God is the spirit. But our will is involved and God set it up that way. So when you pray in tongues, your spirit is in direct contact with God, and there's a bypassing, watch this, of your mind. Amen. All right? It isn't that you're out of control, your eyes roll back in your head, you start convulsing. No, 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 no. I will. You can stop, start. It's within that spirit. Okay? And he's, he's a gentle spirit. Amen? And he's there to encourage, to strengthen, give you wisdom and understanding things you know not. How many things, how many, excuse me, know that there are things that are outside your mind that the Spirit of God knows that he can give you? Amen. And that's what we need. We need that. So in conclusion here, when you speak in tongues in your private prayer language, what are you doing? You are talking to God by divine supernatural means. By divine supernatural means. I just want to conclude with this right here. Tongues on the mind. I found this very interesting article. There's numerous articles out there. And there's a lot of been studies have been done with the term what they call glossolalia, tongues. So it's actually something scientists have studied. And talks about tongues in the mind. This is psychi uh, a Psychiatry Research University of Pennsylvania. Here's the article here. It was back done in uh, Science Magazine in 2006 and in, in the November issue. He says, scientists say that they have captured tongues, glossolalia, on brain scans. 
which link decreased watches frontal lobe activity to a loss of self-control. Now, now this is where I lose some people, but, but just hang on. To conduct the study, Psychiatrist Andrew Newberg of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, boy, I'm really bumbling here today, um, and his colleagues recruited five people who belonged to a local Pentecostal congregation. All have been in the habit of speaking in tongues, almost on a daily basis for the past five years. So as a controlled activity, and I know this is in tens of millions in the study, so please don't shut it down, but just hear, hear this out. Uh, as a controlled activity, the subject stood and sang gospel songs, watch this, with musical accompaniment, moving their arms, swaying, and then they were asked to repeat the behavior, but at this time, the researchers encouraged them to speak in tongues rather than sing in English in, in the song. So here's the result. So in each case, scientists gave the subjects an intravenous injection of a radioactive tracer hmm, that provided, in effect, a freeze frame of which brain areas were most active during the behavior, as indicated by increased blood flow. This was captured by then scanning their brains in a single photon emission computed tomography, a spec machine, I guess what that is. I don't know. So the results were, now watch this. Speaking in tongues produced a significantly different pattern of brain activity than singing. How many know it's important to sing? When we come together, when the worship team gets us started, we're going. But it's, it's a di different activity. So perhaps the most important difference was a decrease, watch this, in the frontal lobe function, the part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control has been essentially shut down. Oh, Lord, have your way in my life. I'm not doing that tongues thing. That's just, I don't know about that. Lord, have your way in my life. Uh, that seems a little strange to me. I don't get that. Lord, take control of my life. I'm trying to, but I don't want it because I want to be in control. That really is the summation of it. Moving right along. Wow, Pastor Mike, preach. Amen. I'm almost done because I said conclusion here a few minutes ago. So another notable change was increased activity, and watch this, in the, they call it the parietal region, which is a little bit towards the back. You can see it on the scan there. Which manages, watch this, sensation, body position. It interprets touch, temperature, taste, and I thought this was an interesting point, handwriting. How many of you, when you sense the Spirit of God and he speaks to you, you begin to write? That's the spirit of God taking control of that area. I wish I had that because I want to write a book someday, but I don't know where to begin. But some people, they just go, you know what? God's speaking to me. They just keep flipping pages. Where do you think that comes from? That's the spirit of God. So when he begins to flow, how many with me say amen? And so, so, and so you start getting words. This is the part of the brain that takes, watch this, sensory information and tries to create a sense of self and how you relate to the rest of the world. So the findings make sense because why? Speaking in tongues involves relinquishing control while gaining a very intense experience of how the self relates to God. Let's bring that all together. They go on to say with the study that notice the opposite effect than meditation. You hear about meditation. So how many know there's good meditation and there's bad? There's a lot today on bad meditation and idols and worship like that. So from the negative effect of meditation, interesting, he notes that, watch this, praying, that the praying in tongues responses were the opposite of those seen in subjects in a meditative state. 
when people meditate on a sacred object, an idol, let's just say, they found that their frontal lobe activity increases while their parietal activity goes down. So this is what he kind of summarizes. He says, this conforms to the notion that in meditation, one has controlled focus, but you lose a sense of who you are. You lose self. You're controlled, you're very focused, but you, 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 you lost it, and there can be good and bad. So meditation to idols, you lose yourself, but you're very focused, but you're lost. Isn't that a depiction of the third world countries with false idols, and they're worshiping stones, and they're lost. They're very focused, but they're lost. But, he goes on to say, praying in the spirit, watch this, you relinquish control to God. Somebody say surrender. See, and then there's a Holy Spirit. There's an impartation when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's intense. Sometimes it's not. doesn't matter. We, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by feeling. Amen? But it goes on to say the results, the practice of praying in tongues, watch this, it lowers depression. Let me just let that sink in. It lowers depression. It lowers anxiety. Just throwing that out there. It lowers, watch this, stress. This is from a scientific study. <clears throat> in other words, he goes on to say, God's thoughts and, opinion, and his opinions are communicated to you on how you are to view yourself. Wow, talk about a self-esteem builder upper right there. How many know God knows what we need in that moment when we're not feeling it? And he goes on to say, you experience true identity based upon God's view of you, not anyone else's. Who would not want that? <laughs> I need that. Amen? So whether you believe it or not, you are wired for the supernatural. Stand with me if you would, please. You are wired for the supernatural. And so I really, I really believe this because I know as, it, as a fact in my own life, at the age of 15, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, through a vessel that... Uh, would, uh, you would never have thought uh, this gentleman, uh, he was kind of a little strange, but God used him. And I remember my sister being filled and I was filled and I remember exactly where I was at. A worship team, you can come forward. I was at 532 East Street, Brockton, Mass. I remember. I was 15 years old and I just began to weep. And the sorrow and the weeping was, there was a sorrow in, in my weeping, but there was a tremendous deposit of joy. I don't know how to explain it. You say, what do you mean? You're crying, but you're happy? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to explain that, but only God can do that. And I would build prayer rooms in certain places they were at. I need to have a place to go. So I'd have a prayer room and I'd have some worship and I made maybe a small room or just a place I could go to. And I would worship God. Now watch this. This is even before Church for Harvest. The name didn't even exist. None of this. 20 years ago. This was, and I would just pray. I would pray in the spirit. And I can remember a season. I really was bothered. I remember talking to my wife. I had just been through a lot of the painful things with my father and the family and just the rejection and the hurt and just, just like ostracized. And I'm not saying I was innocent through the whole thing. But how many know it's just life in pain? Come on. And a lot of you, you carry stuff from the past that only the Holy Spirit can heal. You can't. Only God can deliver from those addictions. And he knows how. And you've been struggling, you've been trying, you want to be set free. But that lion, that bear keeps chasing you. And it takes the Spirit of God and, 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 and praying in the Spirit, I believe, 
to bring healing in that. And there was a season, I would say that, I, I would say it was, it was years. That wasn't because God was weak in his power. It was just getting through to me. And I would go in to pray and there were times I would just be weeping. I don't get it. I didn't understand it. Like I'm supposed to be studying for something here. I'm supposed to be, and I'm weeping. But it was like a, a joy and it was a healing of my soul. Hear me, church. I'm just being transparent with you. It brought so much freedom to my life and continues to bring freedom to my life. I still need that. But, you know, there's a place you can begin to stand on your own two feet. And you have strength to move. And some of you, whether abuse situations, painful rejection, father heart wounds, I, I don't know, divorce, pain, death, only the Spirit of God can bring healing. And, and, and it isn't that I forgot about that stuff, but I'm able to face it now and not fall apart. I'm able to, back in 2013, bring my father here when he was alive to the church, fly him out, love on him, keep him in my home, take him around, and, and it'd be a testimony to the church, if you know my history and past, and the rejection for him, and know, I love my dad. He's with the Lord now. He's in heaven. Amen. I mean, he's got no sorrow, but I don't have to walk around with a wound the rest of my life why we're talking about this that when we hunger and thirst for more of God God doesn't want us to walk through life with these wounds every head bowed scripture says in Psalm 143:10, teach me to do your will for you are my God may your Holy Spirit lead me on level ground hear me the Holy Spirit leads us on level, solid ground. And there may be some goofy things you've seen in the past. I've seen them too. I've been a part of the meetings. I mean, and albeit, I think people that had good intentions, but it's just people. People act goofy. <laughs> I act goofy at times. <laughs> you know, you all know that. But it, we can't just attest and, and, and allocate, you know what, I'm shutting that off. That's not for me. And some of you have been hearing this for years. You've heard talk about it and, and you're passive about it. You're passive about this. And God is saying, for those of us believers who receive, let's resume. Let's begin again. Let's make that part of our life, that praying in the Spirit, encouraging and building ourselves up. Because the Holy Spirit is level ground. It's level ground. And some of you here, you say, you know what? This is new. I've not heard about it or I've heard about it and I don't know. I have not experienced it. And, and it really goes back to that one word, surrender. It's really what it is. There are some things you're only going to receive from God by surrendering. You cannot receive everything from God because, you know, you know everything about it and you've got it all worked out. There's some things in your life you've got to humble yourself and surrender to. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, let's surrender today. I just feel the Spirit of God here today. And I just feel the Spirit of God is unlocking. I just see a bunch of hearts unlocking. I just see some keys and they just click. They're unlocking and he's coming in even now. Come on, just lift your hands right now if you will. Those of you who are on by Facebook, watching online, I feel the Spirit of God right now just coming in into the room where you're at, wherever you may be. Holy Spirit, come. Come to heal. Come to set free, Father God. Come on now. Those of you that pray in the Spirit, just softly pray in the Spirit where you're at. If you're not, and no, no one's judging you. No one's holding anything over you. and No one's better than anyone here. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. Those are not the questions. But you know what? Let's not be passive. Let's, let's embrace what Spirit of God has for us today. Man, I feel God here. I feel God here. Holy Spirit, come upon your people. If you pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray right now. 
Is it past? It's been a while. I haven't. Hey, just begin again. Just begin again. Just stir up the Spirit of God. Watch and see what God will do. And He'll begin to heal. He'll begin to show. He'll begin to speak. He'll begin to edify you. And He'll help you pray as we get into, Lord willing, against selfish prayers. <laughs> Where you think you're praying one way and you think that's the way. And God says, no, I, I'm dealing with something with you in your heart. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, just descend right now upon your people. Hallelujah. You're here this morning as a pastor. I, I'm not right with Jesus. I'm not right with him. I got to get right with God. This spirit impartation is the next step. But the first step is salvation, getting right. As a pastor, that's me. I need to get right. Maybe you're watching online. You're backslid. You're away from God. If you've taken your life in your own hands, you feel you can do it better than anyone else. And you're finding out that that's not the case. You need Jesus. You need Jesus today. Come on, let's pray together corporately. If that's you, you receive this. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Can we say this together and say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Come on, come on, let's say that again. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit to overflowing. I receive it now. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come on now. I receive it now over my life. Thank you for my heavenly language, Father God. Thank you for giving me my heavenly language. Dare you pray that prayer this morning. Watch and see what God will do. Thank you. Fill your people right now. Fill them with overflowing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.